do you think that dinosaurs represent anything to you? Or, like, what do dinosaurs mean to you? They're kind of like a missing link to me. They're kind of like a missing link to me. Long, long ago, long before you or me, long before any primate or trace of human DNA lived the dinosaur. This was an age where five-ton behemoths ruled the earth, the sea, the skies. Deserts covered the planet, which gave way to great rainforests and the earth beamed with prehistoric life. The reign of the dinosaurs lasted 165 million years. Humans, on the other hand, have been here for only 300,000. What ancient drama did we miss? What secrets are buried with the remnants of a world before humans? What would happen if we were to go back? back through 245 million years of history, back to watching ancient cities turn back into dust, tectonic plates rearranging themselves, feeling the climate shift like chameleon skin, hearing the echoes of pterodactyl screeches in the thundering steps of the brontosaurus and discover something new. Welcome to Just Shut Up Already, a podcast where self-proclaimed experts have the chance to chew your ear off. We're your hosts. I'm Taylor. I'm Emrys. And we're very excited to take you on this journey with us. For today's episode, Emerson and I have each found our own dino fanatic. Both enjoy going back and learning about the world that once was. Do you know anything about dinosaurs, Emerson? Um, no. I, also, <laughs> no, I don't know anything about dinosaurs. They're very old. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't count. That doesn't count. Most of the things I know are from movies, TV shows, and like toys, just like seeing what they look like from toys. But I don't know how much of that is, is accurate. Okay, so I'm excited to learn something yeah. from our respective interviewees. Yeah, who did you find? Don't worry about it. Okay, <laughs> all right, let's do it. You'll, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> We're here with a sort of a dino expert. They've been you know, studying dinosaurs for over half their life. Like, it literally seems as if this is equivalent to, like, their most prized possession. So, hi, Aiden. Hello. It's nice to be speaking with you today about dinosaurs. It's nice to be speaking with you, too. A little background. Aiden is my nephew, and... How old are you? Ten. You're about to say nine. Because <laughs> your birthday just passed. Is it weird, like, saying ten? Kinda. Wait, wait, wait. So your, your self-proclaimed expert is a ten-year-old. 
What about it? I just, I <laughs> thought that it would be a, like, like he, does he, does he do it? <laughs> well, he's, he's very knowledgeable. Okay, I'm gonna trust you We're with gonna this. just fit and just, let's go. All right, we'll see. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about dinosaurs? The fact that they're a creature that I've never seen before. So it's kind of like this. You know when you want to see something, but it doesn't exist anymore? Sure, okay. he knows more about dinosaurs than I do. <laughs> a lot right. of kids do. You're hearing Dr. Alexander Bartholomew, my interviewee, and an actual, like, licensed paleontologist. <laughs> I mean, he's like a professor. Oh, shush. <laughs> uh, I'm an uh, associate professor in the Department of Geology, and I've been here since 2006. I really like it here at New Paltz. It's a great place to teach. And my specialty, uh, stratigraphy uh, and paleontology. My wife is Dr. Amy Bartholomew. Uh, and we have two children, uh, Annabeth, who's six, and Aubrey, who's two and a half. So I started watching dinosaurs and some evidence of dinosaur bones. I learned the Velociraptor actually has something that's true. Veloc when Velociraptors got hungry, they would bite each other. And that's actually true because you can find the same bite marks of their teeth on their bones. You know, I, I will say I haven't heard that myself, but I can believe it. Yeah. And what's really cool there is, you know, that Aiden is saying, look, they can find the same bite marks. So they take the skull and they look at the teeth. And sure enough, any animal group is going to, food is food, man. Like, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, We as humans are like, okay, cannibalism is weird. But, right. you know. There was one that looks like. A spearhead. Like, it has this bony shield all over its head and a kind of, like, narwhal horn. But it's not where it should be, like, on, this, on the middle of its head. So, finding a fish with a big narwhal spine sticking out of its head is really cool because that tells us about what's, like, we call it an evolutionary arms race. So, there's a great story that Aiden should hear about. There's a giant fish that chomped on one of these fish that had a spine sticking out. So it's called a Dunkeloskius, which was like this 30-foot-long predator, as he said, with big armor plates on its head. It ate a shark that had a spine sticking out of the back of it. It's called a spiny shark, an Acanthodian shark. And this Dunkeloskius bit the shark right in the wrong spot. The spine of the shark went right through the brain of the Dunkeloskius. And so you find the dunk head chomped with a shark spine sticking out its head. And on either side of it is the bitten-in-half shark. Oh my right? God. So, but that's like a really amazing snapshot in history of like, okay, if you don't want to get eaten, what do you do? You put on some armor, you grow some spikes. They have a shark called the Megalodon, and it's like the size of those those cruise ships that you see. Like very, 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 very big. Like bigger than a five-story tall house. Like, imagine you see a shark that's, like, 20,000 times the size of a normal shark. It's a little exaggerated, probably. <laughs> but they're big. They're big. What we find are their teeth. It's really rare to find, like, a shark preserved in the whole... I don't think we have a whole megalodon, but we have a lot of their teeth. Because it's a shark. They don't have any bones. They're made of cartilage. The same thing as our noses and ears. Like, come on. And their teeth are huge. They're like hand-sized. And so if you put those all together into a jaw, there's this classic picture somewhere of like a bunch of people sitting inside of a reconstructed megalodon jaw. 
And so if you have a fish that's got a mouth that big, it was probably on the order of like 30 or 50 feet long. Megalodon teeth are, they're really cool. I got a friend who, who scuba dives for them off the coast of New Jersey. He dives down to like, down at like 120 feet. And they're just on the seafloor down there because it's where the rocks are exposed on the seafloor. And so they go down with these um, underwater scooter things and then they aim them at the floor, the seafloor, and it blows away all the mud. And then they can pick up these, like a bucket of meg teeth and come up. If you could be a dinosaur, which one would you be and why? Well, I would be the Velociraptor because they're fast, cunning, and smart. Yeah, he's right. You know, I think uh, there's some other ones that Thompsonathus might be one of the ones that's probably the smartest. At least it had the biggest brain size to body ratio. I mean, you look at a Stegosaurus, its head is about the size of a, of a football, an NFL football. Not much bigger, maybe a little bigger. But that thing was like 25, 30 foot long and it's got a tiny head, you know? So that thing probably wasn't very smart, <laughs> no. to be frank. You know, kids are close to the ground. So they see things that we don't see. <laughs> That's kind of, I think, one of the things. They're also good at looking for things that don't match a pattern. If you ever make anything, they're always like, oh, this is not that bad, or that's not right, you know? So they're really good at pointing out things that are that are different. And uh, so they're really good at discovery. Kids can make some excellent discoveries. The first ever dinosaur footprints in New York State were found, I think, by a, an 11 or 12-year-old kid who was, who was playing down in Rockland County. Dinosaurs are cool. You know, they're these giant monsters. We can reconstruct them and they look like monsters. One of the things I try and impart to my paleontology and historical geology students is the ability to really be cognizant of the, of the world around you. And, and my wife makes fun of me this because I'm horrible at home. Like I leave toothpaste on the sink or something. You always say you're really observant, but you've never noticed that your socks are over there. But I'm like, okay, yes, but I can see a fossil from 20 feet away. You know? What kind of research have you done like do you just read books? Like, do you? I search, I search it, but the weirdest thing I found was something I already kind of knew. The, the Apatomosaurus, the, uh, just something. I, I, I know it's like the Apatosaurus, but it has a D in its name and it's way bigger. There's the Argentino and the Brontosaurus, but I forgot the one with the D or its name, like I just said. There's a couple paleontologists who keep trying to like push forward the hypothesis that uh, things like um, big sauropods, like the patasaurus and diplodocus and stuff like that, had to live in the water uh, because their body's too big and they couldn't support their weight. I and mean, that's kind of old. It, it was it was quite interesting when when they were first come up with their big lumbering beasts, their cold-blooded bulls, and uh, you know they look. People thought they looked like lizards that are around today. You know we realized that. No, that they, they, they reconstructed wrong. You know, they probably didn't. T. Rex didn't stand up like this. He was probably more like that. You know, his balanced tail out the back end and kind of leaned forward as opposed to walking Godzilla style kind of in there. And then, you know, then once people began to realize that, hey, wait a minute, these things had feathers. That was pretty amazing. It's hard to make something covered in feathers look mean sometimes. Have you ever found a movie or TV show that you watched? that wasn't accurate or like didn't properly display dinosaurs yeah uh the good dinosaurs i guess how because the meter wouldn't miss because oh, god <laughs> that was so dark <laughs> there's 
I remember when I was a little kid uh, in the early 80s talking to my grandpa about what killed off the dinosaurs. And uh, was it volcanoes? Or it was just at that time that the research was coming out about some big impact event. We know pretty well, uh, have pretty strong evidence that some big thing from outer space, a comet or a meteorite or whatever, crashed into the Yucatan Peninsula and made basically what amounts to nuclear winter and you know caused havoc all over the globe it's probably pretty big uh and it, and it probably killed off the dinosaurs you know I've, I've looked at fossils ever since i was a little kid since i could remember i was picking up stuff out of the driveway or um going out and looking for rocks and playing in the creek behind our house and finding fossils and so you know paleontology has always been really one of my main entrants ever since i was a, a little kid every summer we'd get a, a dump truck would come and dump a bunch of gravel and shale in the driveway and I'd go out there for days and and you know just pick out the fossils that I found and my dad had taken some geology classes and he told me about how oh you know look at this this is a fossil shell tells you there was an ocean here and then on my mind was just like you know there are other kids who like the American Museum of Natural History and they see some dinosaurs like I want to be a paleontologist and they just get it and they just, oh my God, that's all I want to do, you know? And my kids are like, oh, I'm you know, looking for fossils for my dad. I, I, and I would take them on field trips, <laughs> you know? If I go out to do some research, I'd throw them in the car and they'd be on the side of the road with me, you know, hitting a hammer and stuff, so. What, what that just means to me is something I can't explain. I mean, I think he, he likes the idea of the discovery and filling in the parts of the story and and make his life fun. Yeah, that makes your life fun, man. Awesome. Do what makes your life fun. That's to me. This is a job. I get paid for it. But I love it. You know, going out, looking for fossils, finding fossils, and then infecting other people to, with my enthusiasm. It's like the, one of the whole meanings of my life. I want to be a paleontologist when I grow up. So, he had more knowledge than you thought, didn't he? He did, yeah. No, I was, I was <laughs> very surprised. I Bamboozled. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. Thanks, Aiden and Dr. Bartholomew. It's kind of amazing. This couldn't have been done without you guys. We appreciate you, and thank you for tuning in. Next time on Just Showed Up Already, hosts Kenny and Ashar will be taking us with them to a Euphoria watch party where they spice things up. Uh, I used to live with my uncle, and I had this little car thing. Mm -hmm. I loved it a lot, but uh, there was this one time I wanted to get it, but it wasn't there. So I was sad, and, and I had to eat an icy, because it made me feel better. <laughs> feel better, icy. Okay. And I just real I realized they had a lot of dinosaur things. They merged two things, construction trucks and dinosaurs. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's kind of like the thing that made um me f happy when I when there was like when I didn't even know about Roblox and stuff. Well, I didn't know about Roblox and Nintendo. I didn't even know those existed. You would have to go back in time and use that Uno Reverse card on them. <laughs> I guess so. Do you have anything else you want to say? Cowabunga! <laughs> Cowabunga! <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you too. High five.